Welcome to the Modern Merriman Podcast with Tom Hicks and John DeVito. Modern Merriman is a podcast of the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. We're hosting a weekly conversation on the law and the gospel so that church leaders and Christian lay people will rightly divide the word of truth. Hey, Tom. It's good to see you again. Hey, John. Great to see you too, man. So today uh, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, it's based on some recent discussions we've had here uh, in our podcast about uh, both neonomianism and antinomianism. Uh, but uh, neonomianism, the idea of um, requiring God's law for our justification, for our standing before him, for uh, for uh, how we uh, live the Christian life uh, in, in that way, rather than in by faith alone in in Christ and in his work for us in our righteousness and in our justification uh, or antinomianism of course where we have then uh, no uh, need for obedience to God's law because Christ has freed us from the law through his death on the cross and and so we we you know there are these problems then we've been discussing the relationship between justification and sanctification uh, but in light of those discussions I thought it would be helpful for us uh, in in this episode to to turn this inward a bit and uh, to apply it in our own ministries and lives so as I maybe get the ball rolling here a little bit uh, what are some ways that you see us as pastors and Christian leaders so that we don't fall into the trap of, say, neonomianism uh, uh, or, or legalism in you know, preaching and, and teaching and counseling? Yeah, well, you know, it, it starts with, with our own hearts. It would start with my mm-hmm. own heart as I'm preaching and ministering. And, you know, I think there's a temptation in the heart of every pastor to, to look at a church and to evaluate what's wrong with it, perhaps, or the ways in which he would rather it be sanctified or holier, and to preach a text <clears throat> in a way that tries to find the sins of his congregation and then emphasize that they need to get better. Mm. And that's, that's flowing out of the pastor's desire for a, a more sanctified church, mm-hmm. you see. So it, it, it'd be going to a text and just preaching that text, you know, you need to believe this, which is an imperative. Believe these doctrines and obey these commands. And, you know, Christ, you might say, you might even say briefly, you know, Christ died for you so that you can do this. So do it. You know, and it comes across mm-hmm. in this uh, forceful, authoritarian, commanding, way and but it's it can it can sometimes flow out of a pastor's heart to fix the church mm-hmm. himself you know mm-hmm. even maybe subtly to his own heart to make his own life easier or you know he could tell himself i, I really love this church and i want i want what's best for them and this is what's best and so i've got to tell him these things in a commanding way or you know get get them straight i got to get those people straight that's sort of mm-hmm. the attitude, right? So, so really, the, the goal preaching for, and counseling. Yeah. So, the, the goal then for my pastoral ministry can wind up being uh, the moral improvement of my people, uh, rather than yeah, for their own good. Right. Yeah. Right. For their own good, rather than you know drawing close to Christ, uh, seeking 
uh, his grace in order to to live well, in a way that f- would be faithful to him? Yes, but I, I would add, and I would say, rather than loving them, mm. like, yeah. how is it that God's people are sanctified by nitpicking them to death, by criticizing each other into holiness, by lawing each other into holiness, or isn't it true that most of us know the right thing? The church knows, for the most part, the right thing they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. The problem is we don't have the strength or the ability or the or the will or whatever. There's other problems beyond just not knowing the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so, isn't a pastor's primary uh, way of ministering to God's people to love them, mm-hmm. which means to take up my own cross and die to myself and love them in word and deed. Yes, tell them the truth, but there's power in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing as pastors, when we love people from the pulpit and the way we speak to them, and yes, herald Christ, yes, mm-hmm. speak of the promises of Jesus, but also be an example of him in love mm-hmm. and taking up our own crosses for them and the way that we talk to them with a gracious manner and a loving manner. Yes, of course, we have to tell them the truth. Sometimes we have to tell them truths that they don't maybe want to hear. And But it ought to come across like more like, you know, I, I'm sorry to have to convict you of this. I have my own mm-hmm. sins. You know, you don't, wouldn't necessarily always need to, I'm not for pastors always standing up confessing their sins, <laughs> but sometimes they need to acknowledge, you know, I struggle with this tr- too, but this is our God commands us of this and we must obey him. Mm-hmm. And so it should come across in a gracious way. And if we're correcting them, it should also come across like we don't enjoy correcting them. Mm-hmm. And that should also be sparing mm-hmm. these corrections, you know, mm-hmm. rather ordinarily the way God grows his people is through the ordinary means of grace, right. the prayers, you know, the, the preaching of the word and then pastoral ministry, which I would characterize true pastoral ministry looks like the cross, right? not like Mount Sinai. Mm. first it mm. looks like a cross yeah i mean in in, in some ways it, it can come out of an impatience uh for the yeah. work of the gospel to take hold in in someone's life and mistakenly coming to think that if i can um drive them through the law that this change will um uh, will will come about in a way that yes it's not coming about through the gospel ministry right? mm-hmm. uh, and so it winds up undermining my confidence in the gospel when i'm looking to the law uh in order to bring about that kind of moral reformation or, or change in the life of of my congregation um, well, what's going to happen to them if i if we do that you know if, yeah. if we if we preach law mainly to the church because they need to to get fixed by the law. First of all, it's saying we have confidence in the law ourselves to change people. Mm -hmm. Like if I preach the law strong enough, hard enough, clear enough, you know, with enough force, then that's the power to change them. That's the signal Mm -hmm. we're sending. But uh, also, um, if they respond or they appear to grow, what they're really doing is they are afraid that they're they are being conformed to a standard because they're afraid of what their pastor might think if they don't, mm. you know, mm-hmm. or some of them are going to see the anger. So how's a heart changed? That's the question. How right. is the heart changed so that people render willing obedience? And I'm, 
and I affirm fully the law is part of the way the heart changes because the mm -hmm. law brings conviction. Mm -hmm. The law shows God's standard and exposes us to ourselves. Mm -hmm. But the power of change doesn't come from the law. That's extremely clear from the Bible. Just read Hebrews, you know, Hebrews 12, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the, the two mountains, you know, and, and uh, the, the fact that that, that it's it's clearly the work of Christ Jesus and all that he's done you know first John says we love him because he first loved us so why do we love him and keep his commandments not because of the thunderings of the law not because my pastor is going to be upset with me if I don't but we love him and keep his commandments because he first loved us and isn't mm -hmm. that what Christ, the church is supposed to be like too? A place mm -hmm. of mutual love, burden bearing. Just read this, you know, the New Testament letters. Forgive one another, bear with one another's burdens, you know, and love one another. Regard mm -hmm. one another more important than yourself. All those ways of speaking of love. That's the new commandment Christ gave was that you love one another. That's a positive command because it's to be done within the context of, of a local church. So the, the case I'm making is that that we get really off as pastors when we look at our church and we're discouraged or we want to fix them and we we start trying to fix them with imperatives and nitpicking mm -hmm. instead of to love them and to hold out the hope of Jesus and of all of his great promises. And I'm not denying there's a place for law or command. Right, there right. is. We must still preach the law, but the power mm -hmm. is through love and through the promises of God. Amen. Amen. And, and, you know, I think some of this even, to, to even make it more personal as, as a pastor, you know, I, I think it'd be, it, it's good for us to start with our own hearts. I mean, how are we relating to God? Amen, bro. Am I relating to God legal, legally? Yeah. Or evangelically? Am, am I trusting in the law for my own That's right. um, uh, life and, and, and ministry and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm trying harder and, and, and doing what I'm supposed to do. And, and this is how, you know, I'm somehow going to maintain my, my relationship with God or, or, and, and so I have this distance with God and I'm trying to do all the right things. Cause of course I'm a pastor and I'm supposed, you know, I'm, I'm the one everybody's watching or, or whatever. Um, and so that inevitably is going to come out in then the way I, shepherd my people. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas if I am uh, seeking to draw on the grace of Christ and in his gospel, then as I am seeking to, you know, bring this truth to others in, in my own ministry, it's, it's going to have that, uh, well, that, that, that gospel, you know, flavor or, or, or scent that, that scripture often talks about. Yeah, and one way we can maybe see that is how do we deal with ourselves when we sin or we don't faithfully discharge our Christian duties or disciplines and we see the faults and the failings in our own lives? One way is just to self-flagellate, you mm -hmm. know, what a what a wretched, you know, dirty sinner I am and I'm supposed to even be a preacher and a pastor and I need to get it together and get it straight. And you start just pounding yourself like that as though that's that's the means God gave you to grow in Christ, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, it, and it can be very subtle, very subtle in the heart, uh, in our hearts, that, that that's what we're doing, that we're trying to use the thunderings of Sinai to fix ourselves instead of preaching Christ to ourselves, mm. preaching Christ and him crucified and risen, preaching mm. his promises, 
and then remembering his good commandments that that his mm-hmm. law is good for us and so then resolving that because of his great love i'm going to repent mm-hmm. i'm going to learn to grieve this sin in a gospel way and hate it and forsake it because it's displeasing to god and i'm going to grow in christ because of his love for me because of his grace to me and because i love him and I want to know him more and enjoy him more. Do you see, I've just made it personal now. Mm-hmm. That's a really key difference is, is if as pastors we're relating to ourselves in terms of behavior and change and obedience, you know, that, that looks, that looks like me, it's all about me. Then, then I'm leaving out Christ and the communion with him. It's like, what's the point of repenting of sin? What's the point of leaving off sin? What's the point of growing in holiness? It's all about communing with him to, you know, John 17, three says that what is eternal life? It is, it is to know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. It's the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, the, it's manifesting him to others around us and growing in communion and fellowship with him. And so if we're not thinking personally about Jesus ourselves and his love for us, but instead we're thinking about some behavioralistic, paradigm then that's going to come out of us on sundays mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say if, every, if i'm every week if i'm living uh kind of with that guilt uh and the, and that burden then 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 that's going to be the overflow that's going to be coming out of my ministry right and, and yes uh or if i'm uh frankly living out of some kind of pride uh, look look at me and how how well i'm doing mm-hmm. um then then that comes out as well and well, that's in true too brother these areas and so yeah you know i I sacrifice mm -hmm. i do all these things you know i i I get up early in the morning reading my bible don't give me any excuses you know i do it you can do it too you know so that that's the legalistic sort of if i'm pulling this off and being a good christian then anyone can do it and there's (laughs) there is that i've seen you know yeah yeah well it's caustic and and mm -hmm. hard i mean it's it's not the way the bible approaches us it's not Amen. the way Christ approaches us. And therefore, as his under shepherds, not the way we should be approaching his sheep. Absolutely. And so, well, and if, if, if that's just, you know, some of our thoughts about, you know, avoiding this falling into that trap of, you know, neonomianism or, or legalism, what about, you know, falling into that opposite trap, that, that ditch of uh, antinomianism? In what ways can we avoid? Because, you know, in, in, I would say many ways, you know, today's evangelicalism, uh, there is really this, uh, this approach to salvation that is uh, almost exclusively focused on freedom from condemnation and guilt. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the idea, and, and really, then any attempt of um, that we are freed from our condemnation and guilt, as we talked about before, uh, in order to have Christ worked out in us and how we're living, that that becomes mm-hmm. seen as moralism or legalism, right? And 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 yeah. so, um, so you know, we've we've obviously been talking about you know, not, not being legalists, not being mm-hmm. moralists in, in that kind of way. Uh, but, you know, what, what are some ways you see that maybe uh, we, we can fall in that ditch or that we, we, we should be aware of so that we don't fall into that ditch? Yeah. Um, well, I think probably pastors are tempted toward 
antinomianism due to the fear of man mm. that they are afraid of clearly proclaiming the imperatives of the Bible because of they're afraid people will react very badly or negatively to that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so they're afraid of drawing a line, taking a clear stand and saying something because they're protecting themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that seems to probably be one reason I would mm-hmm. guess that many pastors shy who are, who are formally theologically conservative, let's say. Mm-hmm. So if they're already, if they are theologically conservative and they read their Bibles, there's no way to read even a page virtually of the new Testament or anywhere where you don't find some kind of imperative, you know, it's not like the Bible's afraid of, telling us to do things. You know what I mean? And so if you believe the Bible is true, you're a theological conservative, what would be possibly could be your motive for not saying it? Well, Mm -hmm. it would, it would be because you think you can, you can, you're afraid of what will happen if you don't, you think you have a wiser, better way to manage things than God does. And you Mm -hmm. might even justify it with, uh, well, I'm just going to preach about the gospel. I'm just going to stay on the theology of, you know, of, of, of Christ and of his, his redemption. I think there can be among, in some men, they're confused about this. And, mm-hmm. and that's another thing is they might know that they, they're supposed to preach Christ and preach the promises of the gospel. And so they kind of theologize about those matters, but uh, they don't know where the law belongs and they don't know where mm-hmm. to put it or how to express the law in light of the gospel. So some of it could be in some a confusion. You know, there's certain versions of preaching that are like, never tell anybody what to do, just tell the story and let them get wrapped into the story. I just think that's wrong headed. Right. You know, it's not it's not the way the Bible comes across when you read it. You know, right. it's right. very much telling you what to do and addressing your context and giving imperatives and so on. Um so but one other thing I would say about mm-hmm. it is there are some pastors who are Antinomianism, I think, more than legalism, is dr- seems to me to be drifting toward liberalism, mm. because where's the standard for the antinomian? It's in his own heart, mm. and he's he's drifting away from the objective standards of God's word and the commands of God's word, and he's individualizing, and that's the spirit of our culture, you know. And so maybe mm. instead of the Bible's ethic and commands and imperatives, you start adopting, you know, some societal morality of some sort that kind of in their view gels with Christianity. So antinomianism can go there that we replace the Bible's imperatives, the Bible's commands, the Bible's laws with social notions of maybe, maybe justice in our day Mm. instead of, you know, what the scripture says in full as a way to avoid the actual commands that are in the Bible. Um, so anyway, I well, think I, I also. Some, what do you think about this idea um, of really reducing the gospel to to being transactional uh, rather than you know relational? Right. I mean, if 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 you well, know sal- salvation is simply you know how how I get to heaven when I die, or you know it's it's this transaction that takes place. You know, I'm a sinner. Uh, Christ dies for my sins. Uh, I believe in Him. You know, you know uh, I'm forgiven of my sins. That just kind of tra- and, and once that transaction takes place, you know, kind of, um, 
you know, it's done, right? I mean, the gospel's had its effect in my life, and I made right with God. And just seeing it in terms of uh, really a, a transaction yeah. rather than, um, and I mean, not that there aren't, not that there aren't truths there, of course, but, but instead of no, it's, a relational, uh, you know, there, there is this communion that's taken, there's this union that, that, that we have uh, through the gospel. That yeah, and that, that's kind of the folk religion that has come out of evangelicalism where you pray and ask Jesus in your heart, and your sins are forgiven, and then that's all that's, that you need to do. <laughs> Is that kind of what you're talking about? There's a transaction. I just, yeah, I mean, in, in, I in just, some ways, I, a kind of a popular right uh, misconstruing, but I, I think, you know, coming out of that, I, I, I realize most of those listening to this are probably, you know, um, well, I would hope they're not buying into that kind of thing, but it, it can still find its way into our thinking, that kind of transactional oh, yeah. idea. Uh, instead of personal. It's, it's, yeah, instead of it being personal or relational in that way. Uh, yeah. and, and, and so I, I start to see uh, my own ministry in terms of how many of these transactions have taken place, so to speak. How, how, mm. how many of, of my people have, have gone through you know, this uh, th have, have been justified uh, and where I'm not as focused on uh, their ongoing sanctification and uh, the need for that sanctification. And even in rec if that if there is no sanctification taking place, questioning uh, whether there has truly been justification uh, in, in, yeah. in the lives of those uh, who, who are there in my church. Right. Yeah. I think that's right. That's good. So you know, there's there's a lot of different ways, and I'm sure things we haven't even begun to identify in this mm -hmm. episode when we when we discuss these things. But um, you know, maybe moving broadly then beyond kind of you know more our preaching, teaching uh, ministries. Um, how do you how do you think this can then impact our leadership and as, as we respond to others? in ministry thinking about either you know neonominism ant antinomianism uh, those th these these issues we've been thinking about yeah well i think it, it's when it when our leadership as pastors becomes more about us mm. where you know we want them to follow us you know as opposed mm -hmm. to this is christ's gospel christ's law christ's church and it's my job to be a slave to jesus um, but when our leadership becomes so much about us, then we take things personally, mm -hmm. you know, we're, or we're self, we're trying to preserve ourselves, you know, one or the other, we're, you know, we take them personally and we become, you know, more uh, pushy than we should, or, you know, uh, manipulative or authoritarian. Um, and if, and if we're self-protective, we might shrink back, you know, and so, mm -hmm. but that both of those, are the, it's all about me versus mm -hmm. my job is to love others, hold forth Christ's commands and his gospel, and mm -hmm. then trust the results of that to his spirit. And it's not, not actually any of my business in a way, how people respond to that, to mm -hmm. my leadership. It's, it's not in my control to, to change their hearts. It's not in my control to fix them or lead them anywhere because what you, what you what is a pastor's actual, what does he want to see? Hopefully is sanctification and growth. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't control that. 
You know, mm-hmm. a pastor can't control those things. And so a pastor instead needs to go to the Lord Jesus and, um, and, and remember that, that, that he belongs to Christ and the church belongs to Christ. And what do we have to give? Well, what Christ gave us. And if we keep, keep ourselves in that place, it prevents us from uh, becoming offended and from getting annoyed or impatient or even shrinking back from having to do a hard thing that might make a real mess of stuff. Right. And just keep, keep going as Christ has commanded. So I think it deeply impacts our leadership, how we understand the law and the gospel. That what's my job? Take up my cross, mm-hmm. love others, tell them the promises of Christ, give them his commands. They're Christ's promises, Christ's commands. And I'm, I'm nothing but a slave. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a couple of images here and uh, to help think through this. And, you know, as a pastor, if, if, if we're um, pastoring with the law, uh, then in, in some ways we become, if, you know, we become the, God, the judge, we're, we're his executioner. You know, we, we are the, we are the enforcers. <laughs> uh, and, and so that's really the way in which we view ministry. So my, you know, my goal is to convict and to, you know, um, make known the law with all of its, you know, thunders and, and terrors. And, 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 and so in that way, I'm, but I'm not pastoring, I'm not shepherding, I'm enforcing, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, you know, yeah. and, and, and so. You're actually usurping God's role. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, and then the, the other, maybe if, if, I'm the, the uh, executioner or, or even judge uh, in, in with kind of a legalistic or neonomian type approach to ministry. Maybe the antinomian approach would be the, the, um, the friend that- I'm a survivor, is, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just here as a partner with you. Uh, well, that's true, yeah. And, but, yeah. and, and, and rather than, uh, again, a shepherd who's right. leading and guiding. So, so there's these- Practically yeah. speaking, these different models of ministry, where with where I'm just the friend, it's like, oh well, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I don't have a responsibility to and, help and correct it, you when you're straying or get you back on right. track or whatever. Um, I just need to keep reminding you of um, Jesus and what He's done for you. So right? an antinomian pastor would not assert God's authority; doesn't mm-hmm. assert God's authority. Right. He's just a friend. Again, so I, it, it yeah. goes back to it, this is very popular culturally, right? Who am I to judge, right? Who am I to judge? And mm-hmm. and and so again, not that we are the judge; God is the judge. But but right, but you know, you understand what I'm saying. But it's almost like an antinomian pastor saying, "Who is God to judge?" That's what he's mm. implying. Mm. Not yeah. only who am I to judge, but who is God to judge? Right. And, and so with both of these, with both of these, when we are shepherding with either a neonomian legalistic. Uh, approach or with a antinomian approach uh, with both of these what's tragic is we're um, leading people to have a wrong understanding of god and we're not showing them the beauty and and, and glory of christ we're, we're taking away from these things in our own ministry Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which is why, again, this is such a uh, essential uh, 
truth for us to recognize is, is this law gospel relationship that we keep discussing. And I would say it applies not just among pastors, but mm. it applies in spousal relationships. It mm -hmm. applies in parenting. It's the same dynamic of how we're to the, 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 the simple question is how are we to think and feel and relate to others and be and, and, and speak uh, as Christians in relationship mm. to other people. Amen. You know, uh, that might be some future episode opportunities for us to discuss, but, but I, I think this, is, this has been helpful and, and hope others have appreciated our conversation today. So I want to thank everyone for listening to the Modern Merriman Podcast, the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. If you'd like to know more about CBTS, please visit us online at cbtseminary.org. That's cbtseminary.org.